0: Producer Doug here. I just want you to know this is the fifth time I'm trying to record this, so I'm just going to shoot from the hip. All of our DCC audio wants you to know about Pop Culture Classroom. Now, this is a great program. They take comic books uh, to elementary schools, jails uh, to for like, you know, illiterate, barely literate children and, and, and prisoners and They, they do, they have many programs. I'm just making it sound terrible, so I'm sorry. Um, but I want to get this through. Uh, (laughs) uh, it, uh, is an education program, uh, with more than 600 hours of educational programming. Basically, it envisions individuals transformed by the educational power of pop culture to create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little Paul Sheer on this. Sorry. Look, it's a great program. And because of them, we're bringing you these great con exclusives from Denver Comic-Con. So please, please check them out. I think they're great. I mean, don't, there's so many things between the spectrum of elementary schools and prisons. There's middle schools and high schools and colleges and halfway homes and a van, you know, down by the river um, that... They hope that homegrown pop culture experiences can change the communities that we live in. I want this to go global, viral, globally. So please, check out Pop Culture Classroom. Uh, I think that's, uh, where's the, uh, there it is. At www.popcultureclassroom.org. They're legit. And hey. Hey. Give them some money. You know why? Because you're not paying for this. Kick them a buck. Kick them a couple bucks. Where's my $2? Where it should go to pop culture classroom. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. What? Oh, somebody make it more awkward.
1: I'll do that. I've heard so many great stories, except for this one woman, okay, I don't know, are these women here? Okay, they came in line for their friend, who couldn't come meet me because her husband was treasure hunting. And I was like, is that a real thing? Oh, I don't know if they're here, but I just thought that was the weirdest thing, and I've always going to remember that incident, and I feel sorry for this poor woman who's digging for treasure, unless she finds it. Right. <laughs> and then maybe she'll come meet me later, in like furs, and I don't know, or rolls. Hi, <laughs> how, how, how's everybody doing today? I well, I don't have a moderator or anything, so I'm just going to take your questions because uh, I'm just going to... And, and this is really nice, so I'm to do with this. Woo! I mean, this is a sweet ride, you guys. It's a chaise lounge. A chaise lounge. Le chaise lounge. That's the worst French accent you've ever heard. <laughs> and also, my socks don't match my shirt. Okay, here's a true Yay! story though, here. I had a pink shirt on today, and I was really happy because I finally fit in my free pregnancy clothes because I had a small child. <laughs> I have a baby, and um, it was this color, but it was a silk shirt, and I was so excited to wear it. And I did it, I put it on, and then the, the baby needed to eat, and I fed her, and the. <laughs> I realized that I'm a mess. She's a messy eater, <laughs> and I had all sorts of things on my shirt that I didn't want to be able to see, and yet the silk showed every single spot. So neat people need to wear silk. I need to wear, um, you know, Forever 21 nylon. <laughs> That's my kind of style. So I'm sorry that. Let's try to oh, forget it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so there's three people in the audience who have question people. There's one. I don't have my glasses on, so you might have to yell at me. That dude. And middle person, and there's another red person, bright red, red shirt, blue shirt, some other shirt. <laughs> there's a third person, maybe. Rumor has it. So I'm just gonna keep going back and forth, and you know, just yell at me if I can't see you. I can't see anything. Also, I'm be blinded. That's my excuse for not wearing my glasses. Anyway, <clears throat> first question.
2: Uh, it's actually a Doctor Horrible shirt. I like that um, question. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Actually, so first, I have uh, my wife's permission to say this, but you're my all-time celebrity crush, actually, so. So we're saying And uh, my question is, why didn't um, your character wind up with uh, Zabu's character at the end of the guild? I was sort of looking forward to that, and it, it never quite came up to be. Okay, first of all, I
1: thought it was a Dr. Horrible question, but... Um, <laughs> and, and then, then I like your wife. I have
2: a Dr. Horrible shirt. Oh, you had a Dr. Horrible shirt.
1: Sure. Okay, I can see that. Um, and then I like your wife. Um, I'm your celebrity crush, or she, I'm her celebrity crush?
2: You're my celebrity crush.
1: Okay, that's better than, uh, somebody told me I was in her top five, and I'm like, I guess that's okay. And then I got <laughs> I
2: was
1: like, what? Wait, oh. And, I, and then I was like, what is, it, who is in my top five now? Because you have to kind of reevaluate every couple of years, right? Sure. Like, I think Angelina Jolie was on the list before, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I'm kind of over her. <laughs> not that she's not a lovely person, but, um, I think Eva Green's on that list now. Yeah, do you think? Right? And Ryan Gosling is like, he's grandfathered again, okay? <laughs> True story, I saw him at a pancake house in Los Angeles, and I didn't know it was Ryan Gosling, and I went up to him and was like, hey, were we in acting class together? And he was like, nope. <laughs> That's a good story. Okay, i <laughs> your question. Um, I deliberately didn't get this together at the end, because, you know, I felt like, I love the fact that you don't, have to necessarily get a guy and a girl together romantically, even if there's tension. Um, I really do believe that because I think reinforcement men and women can be friends versus um, always have to have something romantic between them is important in this world. I actually think that that's one of the things um, that we should work on as a society, making sure that even little boys and little girls know that they can play with people of the opposite gender because I think that kind of integration helps as you go through life. Um, it, was, it was probably just simplify a lot of things as we go forward, so that was one of the reasons, although, you know, it's one of those things where maybe in 10 years that might, you know, uh, be a situation, because one of my best friends, she um, was friends with a guy in high school, and they were just platonic friends, and then 15 years later they got married, so, you know, you never know in this world, but um, I really like that idea of them just being friends and kind of coming to a terms of like, okay, um, we, we kissed and it was freaking awful. That was an awful kiss when I wrote it in. I was like, it has to be the worst kiss ever. And I looked at Sandeep and I was like, it's going to be a terrible kiss because I never wanted to kiss you ever. And he was like, mutual. <laughs> so there was no acting in that awkward kiss. Like, it was just like kissing your brother. And it was really funny. Anyway, and the same thing with what well, we, like that was a, there was more, you know, between the two characters there was more tension. But I, it was like kissing my older brother, it was, it was awkward. We were both like, ew. Anyway, next question over here with the red shirt.
2: Stage of Supernatural on set, uh, it's kind of legendary for the pranks. What pranks have they played on you?
1: Okay, I have to say that I didn't even understand the legendary of the prankness because um, Jared and Jensen were the best, like they were the most gentlemanly gentlemen to me over the years. So, and then I was, one of the last episodes I did, I met Misha, and he was. <laughs> I was on set with
2: them,
1: and I was like, dude, you are not happy. You should not be happy right now. They are so pranking you. It was so funny. Like I think there was like, they gave him a wedgie. Like, oh, come uh, come on camera. And then there was one scene where we were trying to, and then like, Jared came in with a wet belly. And it's just like, and I'm trying to like, act. And he's trying to act. And then, especially when they're off camera, like he's like going like, and it's like, supposed to be really serious and like almost crying. I'm like, how do you do this? He's like, But well, they did kind of like gently make fun of me when I was like a total dork, um, which I do love. Well. So that was more of our dynamic than being fight, because they are such gentlemen and just fantastic guys. I, I, I encourage anybody, if you can ever meet them, that um, they do, because they really just are gentlemen. So, thank you for that question. Mystery third piece! Oh! Another blue shirt! Blue, blue shirt! Lady! Are you a lady? I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I like you. Hi. (laughs)
2: So besides the treasure
1: hunter, what was your weirdest man experience ever? Oh gosh. Um, Wow. (laughs) I mean, I wrote about this in my book a lot. There were some really strange experiences that people would have me write on their bodies, and then they would tattoo over them. Which, to me, a tattoo is such—I've I've never had a tattoo, but I'm jealous of everyone I see with tattoos because obviously I have commitment issues and they don't. <laughs> but I'm always like, one week, I'm like, I'll get a butterfly. And I'm like, no, butterflies are stupid. That's okay, so all butterflies. And then I'll be—and <laughs> then I'll go like, I want a ferret, just because it's funny. I'm like, you want a joke tattoo? That's a terrible idea. I want a fox because it's my total animal. And I'm like, totem animals are stupid. What are um, although I think I was reincarnated as a prey animal versus a predator, just as a personality. And I don't like it, but I just want to be honest about it. <laughs> so, the only tattoo I would probably get would be my daughter's name. But then I've got several people who got tattoos of, of my signature on them. And, like, I'm honored, but I'm so nervous when I do it. I'm like, you need to do a beautiful, you know, swoop and more, swoop! And then, I'm like, I'm terrified. It's the most terrifying thing I do at cons, to, to, and thank goodness this, it's only happened like three or four times. And what if they didn't like it? And then I always was like, well, if I, if I draw it at this angle, if they want a backup, they can just paint over and make it a heart. So, I give them a little out, you know,
2: if
1: they get shot me. They not spell my name wrong. No, I, I, I scrawl it. It's not a real thing. I mean, it's, my, my dad's a doctor. I learned well how not to sign <laughs> Next question. Hi, and your puppy, who's your puppy's name? This is Leia. Leia, hi. She has buns like Princess Leia, it's great. <laughs> um, I'm actually asking what you suggest for someone who wants to go into acting, specifically someone who might have a disability? That's a really good question. Um, you know, acting is a really fun uh, profession when you act but then between the times when you don't have a job it's horrible (laughs) um so i guess my best advice would be to make sure you love it as a profession and as a business versus just as a hobby because if you love just doing acting i would recommend you just stay wherever you live and just do community theater or do shows or local things and just for as a hobby because making what you love into a business sometimes makes you lose your love of it And so, just really evaluate honestly, like, do I love this as a lifestyle or do I really wanna make this my career and know that most of my time will not be acting, it will be trying to get work. So that would be my first step. And then my second step would be, uh, make sure you get really experienced um, and do something locally before you move to a big city. Because yes, there's a lot more work in like Atlanta, and LA and New York, but it's very competitive with people who've been doing it since they were children. So it's harder to break in. So getting more experience and tape on yourself before you move is probably my uh, biggest uh, advice. And just always, uh, don't just be an actor. Have different things you can draw from. Because um, even though my dad made me get a math degree when I was in college before I could move to LA to be an actress, I feel like doing things that were not acting related in college really helped have things to draw upon and do with different characters as I went forward. Because you know, like my favorite characters are a computer programmer and Mm -hmm. uh, you know a character who plays the violin. Those skills don't have anything to do with being an actor. Um, So that's what I would recommend to you. And as far as disabilities, um, you know, it is tougher, you know, Uh, it is there you'll have fewer opportunities, but I think people are being a lot more progressive in casting now and being a little bit more um, open-minded and writing parts that are more diverse so that hopefully your opportunities can be more now than you were in, in the past. So, good luck. You. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank you, uh, sure. yeah, that's really good. Okay, next question, over here. Hi, Beth. Hi. Um, uh, first of all, I want to say I first heard you from The Guild, which was an amazing show. Thank you very much, it's a 10th anniversary, you guys. <laughs> What is, how did you create it? I mean, it was really interesting, um, the whole process, and I wrote a lot about this. There's a big section in my book uh, where I wrote about it, um, because I have never been a filmmaker. I was always been an actor, but I was really frustrated with my life because, like I just told you, like acting, you don't necessarily get the parts you want, you get the parts you look like, and you get told that you are a certain way when you don't feel like that inside, and you kind of have to conform to what other people see you as. and. Um, And you don't work that much necessarily, Um, you know, it's very up and down career. So uh, I got very frustrated and I decided to write something to make work for myself. And I really thought it would be a TV show, Um, but I forced myself um, to quit WoW because I was playing that 12 hours a day. (laughs) Yay! Uh, It's a pretty good game, you guys. And um, then I had to stop, and then I had a, a small support group of women that I joined, this women's support group, which sounds dorky. But we met every week and kind of shared the things that we were working on and our victories and our sort of failures. And it really helped me get off my butt and get that script written. Um, and from that, my friend Kennedy, who was part of that group, uh, encouraged me to make it as a web series. Because at the time, YouTube was just starting. And she was like, this seems like something, you know, gamers are online, so it seems like they might like this. And that's, it literally just happened then. And yeah, we had to invent a lot of things as we went along, and there really weren't any web series out there at the time. And the one thing that kept us going through all the tough times, because we shot our house for six years, you know, it was always homegrown, was the fact that I really felt that we were um, touching people's lives in a way, um, even if we are just making a comedy, that people invent something to people. And that, therefore, gave me validation and made me want to make it even more. Um, so, actually, I owe it to all of you guys that I'm here and I, I kept going with the show because meeting people, especially at conventions, made me look at a hard problem and overcome it versus, like, get discouraged because I knew you guys were out there to watch the show. So, thank you very much. We a question. Um, uh, hi, I'm sorry, <laughs> I knew you were going to be here. What, like, were you just so, <laughs> I don't panel.
2: I don't at the website because
1: I'm lazy. So I started to start was like, oh my god, this is going to be the best weekend ever. <laughs> okay, I like you, but you like the plan ahead a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I have two questions for you. Okay. The first one is, what was your favorite scene to um, uh,
2: record for the Guild? My second one is, how on earth did you quit WoW because I
1: can't click and quit it? Um, Ooh, those are good questions. Okay, my, per- my favorite scene? The guild were uh, the scenes where we were all in person together, and I think uh, there, there's one in like season one where we're in the booth and cheesy beards and we're just meeting each other. That I think would be my favorite because like when we sat down all together and shot together, I felt like oh, there's something special here, we're really getting along really well. And I guess the other one, my favorite just inside um, in season five, that we did a whole um, season at a convention and there were a lot of steampunk scenes. With uh Steve Huck and Jubb Jones and uh, my friend Marissa Tancherone, who is a showrunner for Angels of Shield, wrote Dr. Horgel, one of the writers in that. Um, and Jillian Arminante, a friend of mine, and Clara. So they had all the steampunk storyline that they did, and that's my favorite because I just love the aesthetic of steampunk, and they were really snooty, and they looked down upon her, which, you know, not all steampunk people do, but I just imagine it would be funny. Um, they had their booth in the middle of the convention, and they wouldn't let me in it. It was really funny. Uh, so those were my favorite ones. And this girls was pretty wow. Um, I think people look at video game addiction, and they're like, oh, video games are terrible, online games are terrible, and I, I don't believe that at all, I never wanted that to be represented. I wanted to represent gaming the way it, that it meant to me, which was, it enriched my life, it, it made me connect with people that meant a lot to me in my life, and, um, and Codex's struggle with that ultimately led to her getting out of her funk, and me, because she met her friends in real life from online, and I just, that was kind of the message of the guild I wanted to convey. Um, so, you know, you can't, stop playing WoW, is it affecting your real life? Are there other things you'd rather be doing? And maybe you need to do a little bit of soul searching about like, well, what do I want to work on that's maybe more long-term, like learning German or become a writer or an opera singer, I don't know. Like, do all those things at once and call me. Um, (laughs) But like, I think sometimes we look to immediate gratification to delay, delay the gratification, do you know what I'm saying? It's easier to play WoW two hours than like, Maybe work on a drawing that you're going to be bad at, but in five years you'd be amazing. You might be, you know, like a professional artist or like a hobbyist. So I would just like challenge you to maybe find that one thing that you want to become good at eventually. And then you reward yourself with wow if you do a little bit of it. So one hour
2: for self-improvement,
1: five hours for wow. See? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know this is kind of a weird question. You might not know the answer, but who is the best singer
1: on the Supernatural cast? Oh, that's a really good question. I, don't, I mean, Jensen is an amazing singer. So if you've ever heard him sing, yeah. right? You heard him, right? I don't I've never. Heard, I've never heard Jared try to sing. I've never heard Misha try to sing. Um, Mark Shepard. I've never heard any of the other guys. So I can't say. I know Mark Shepard's an amazing drummer. Um, and so they—they they play a lot of the supernatural conventions. They have that Saturday night kind of um, band thing. So I would say Jensen's probably because he's uh, just extraordinary. And me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know
1: am going I sing. Me too is better, but I do sing. I do sing. I sing on the new Mr. Sensing. Did anyone see that sh- song? Uh, a duet with Neil Patrick Harris, so it's like a little dark world reunion. Right so if you have Netflix, check it out, episode four. It's really funny too. Anyway, thank you for your question. Okay, right hand, right hand person. Yeah, you. Hi, hi, Felicia. My name is Shannon. Hi. Um, the Kill was my favorite thing ever, but hearing really that <laughs> you brought um, Mr. Stein's favorite back. So what's your favorite awful movie? Okay, um, first of all, I didn't bring it back personally, although being involved in it, and it's another, guys, conventions are literally my favorite thing because they formed so much of my life. I was at Salt Lake City, Utah at a convention, <laughs> yeah, and it was really, it's a great convention, and I was in the green room, and I saw Joel Hodgson back there in the green room, and I got so, like, I don't get starstruck by many people, like Chris Evans was in, but now I was like, oh, it's 27. I was not, I didn't get pretty much, But anyway. <laughs> But I was like, oh, and I saw Joel Hodgson. I was like, oh, because Mr. Theater meant so much to me and my brother as kids. So I and my brother's a super fan, like super super fan. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna take a selfie and rub it in my brother's face. <laughs> <laughs> and like I wasn't trying to be nice. I was just being a, I was being not a pretty good person. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I went to take a selfie with him, and we had to talk, and he was like, oh yeah, I've heard about your show. A month later, he was like, hey, you want to be in Mr. Science Theater? The reboot. I was like, ooh. What? <laughs> <laughs> just like that, guys. It was beautiful. What? <laughs> no, so it was in an email. And I did that to the screen. Anyway. So clearly, it means a lot to me. Um, uh, and, and just, I, I got to write on this season, too. And you know, I love writing and acting. I just don't want to ever do one of these, you know, the only one. And so the fact that I got to write on the show, even though I had to watch Cry Wilderness, 10 or 15 times, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, episode two of (laughs) season. You know, terrible. Um, it was such a great dream come true. Um, and my worst, the worst movie I've ever seen is called The Wraith. And it has Charlie Sheen in it. Has anyone seen this movie? Of (laughs) course not. That movie is (laughs) butt.
2: It is so bad.
1: Charlie Sheen plays a, uh, an aggressive car alien man. (laughs) who like, it's kind of, it just is so absurd and there's a to this new scene and it's like, why is she naked? Okay, it's a waterfall, that's natural. Um, it's, it is terrible and it's really actually traumatic because of the um, kind of male-female dynamic there. He's like, abusing his, it's like terrible, but such a bad film, I keep pushing it on Joel. So I'm like praying one day, he gets to it. If we never get to it. So it's, it's repugnant. It's a terrible, terrible movie, if you, if you want to watch it anyway. Any question? Middle person. Middle? Middle? Anyway? Yeah, all the way up there. Still don't appear being a woman. I can't see you. You're a blob. It's not personal. Like you're a human blob. Both walk up on the stage. I'm a boy. Oh, part three! Okay, that's really interesting. Um, part three was trying not to breathe when I was being carried out. <laughs> or blink my eyes when I was dead. It's really hard to be dead, you guys. Just, I challenge you, okay, I'm gonna, okay have a friend take an iPhone and be like, okay, I'm to pretend to play dead. And have them see if your eyes don't twitch or not. It, they will twitch, they are, it's very, I mean, I'm a twitchy person, I'm a twitchy lady, like, on, I'm twitchy. Um, so, it's, that was really challenging for me. I mean, I think my favorite thing during that whole filming was, I think it was in epi- episode two? The laundry scene? Was that episode two, I think? And so the laundry scene, um, it's a great, you know, awesome scene where um, we're all singing together. Oh, no, it was a scene where Neil Patrick Harris is in episode one and he's singing about me, but he's not talked to me yet. And there's a whole sequence where everyone's closing the dryer together in sequence. There was one extra who literally could not do it right. In fact, he was telling, he was telling Josh, no, that's not way you should do it. And I'm like, what? So it just became this crazy struggle to get everyone to close dryer doors. And I was like, this is show business. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun anyway. next question over here blue shirt blue ball uh hi thank you for being here with us i know we all really appreciate it um uh, I, I can see you better like i can see you now i'm sorry i love you i love you okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh i wanted to ask you about your time on eureka yes uh, thank, you. thank you i know the show is a little crazy and a little out there but a lot of this I think at the heart, it's just about the relationships that are built between the characters that are really meaningful, we watch people grow and change, and quick, kind of, sort of, spoiler alert, just at the end of that, we kind of, in some ways, literally, like, watch the town die and kind of fall apart there. So, what was it like to be part of that thing and then have to walk away from it? Kind of, what what were the relationships like on that set? Um, I mean, it's always really sad when you end any participation in a show, because um, unlike a movie where you know there's a beginning, middle, and end, you know, in the show, normally you don't know when you're going to stop, and um, and you can create a family And on the best part Some of them you're like, give me off the set, uh, these people are terrible. But most of the time, uh, I'm very lucky to have been on sets that are kind of families, um, and, and that means a lot to me. Uh, I don't want to just ever say that this is my job. I want to say it's my passion and that this is my family, um, and that's in anything I do. And um, So that particular family was an amazing one and uh, I love Colin and Sally and Neil and Will, Will when he was on all the episodes with us and it just became, I think it was on a, a season, uh, almost two seasons for that show and it was really sad because they picked it up and then they cancelled it so they had to like, put six episodes into one to end the show and I'm just grateful that they got an ending but yeah you're right it was kind of brushed to the point where it felt a little more down. Then, um it could, and I, I think that that was not the meaning. It was just to give everybody a lot of closure, and I really appreciate it when I hear people talk about that show, because I think it was really smart. They had a lot of great characters who are scientists to represent to other people that science is cool, um, or it every week it goes horribly wrong and you have to solve the problem, so. way, you know, get on that science, guys. Uh, next question, right here. Oh, okay, you're far back to your blog, yeah. Wondering what your favorite part about filming MS2K was? Oh my gosh, my favorite part, well I was still worried because I was pregnant at the time, I was six months pregnant. Um, So I was worried, but then they they made that great coat for me. Guys, you couldn't tell at all, it was amazing. So that was one of my favorite parts, good tailoring. And (laughs) my other favorite part was just being on set with Joel. Like, if you are a fan of Mystery Science Theater, Joel's voice is kind of like, in your brain, it's like, it's such a like, yeah, okay, it's, he's very like, laid back, very and like, being on set, and having him come on, hey, for me show, what's going on? I'd be like, he's uh, in my brain, he's <laughs> in that was the weird part, because his voice meant a lot to me as a kid, and having him be in real life, is awesome, and just seeing the new cast, Joe, you know, it's, it, it, it was big shoes to fill, when you're like, continuing that show that's so iconic for a lot of people, and Joel really took it to heart to really, Recreate the show in a way that was faithful to the old, but like really reinvented the new. And I think he did a really great job. I'm just like knocking on leatherette that we get another season. Yeah. Anyway.
2: <laughs>
1: Next question. Right that Okay, there. Hi. Hiya. You're delightful, by the way. You're just a wonderful person. Oh, thank you. you? Um, more mystery science because it's great. Uh, you're working with one of the best comedians, I think exists, Pat Oswald. Yeah. No, have you been to one of those shows? I, it's not live, just seen recording. Yeah, I've seen him online. I haven't seen it been live. Yeah, I guess I should probably ask him for a ticket or something. I never heard trades, you know? Even when a barista recognizes me, i didn't have to ask for a free coffee, even though I kind of want one inside. <laughs> oh,
2: your question it's time.
1: Uh, just, what's it's some it's of the best things that have happened with Pat on set or in writing? Just What's it like? Well, we didn't write together. We wrote remotely, but we did act together, and I was really intimidated, because as you said, he's one of the most brilliant, insightful people um, I've ever met, Like, just hilarious, and his um, his book is amazing, and he's just a great person. And I was intimidated, but when I got on set with him, bam, we just hit it off. Like, sometimes you just hit it off with somebody, you're like, whoa, I like this guy. And we just started ripping, and we even did some improv, and like... You know, that's when you feel like work isn't work, when you're just having a lot of fun. And I think with him especially, it was one of the easiest, like, sort of transitions into kind of work to play that I've ever had. And um, Yeah, I would recommend watching the stand-up specials if you could, because stand-up is really, it's really hard, you have to be really brave, but you also have to have a point of view that's really solid on life, and um, I really admire him. He's one of my favorites, so thank you. Uh, next question, over here. Ready? Oh, I'm sorry. I We're, I'm gonna have to, have to buy a coffee a drink. Hi. What's your favorite um,
2: part of Supernatural?
1: My favorite part of Supernatural is my novelty t-shirts. Because Charlie always had some great t-shirts. And I like going to Vancouver because they have amazing sushi there. If you like sushi, take a vacation to Vancouver. Um, And then I also just loved being on set with the guys because they showed me that um, they are such a gentleman but they also are just kind people. And they, they treat the set like a family. Like sometimes actors don't talk as much to the crew who are on, you know, making the show happen and they are friends with all the crew and everyone knows them um, and they hang out with them and everyone's equal on set, which I think is really important because on a set, everybody's job is important. If you're the craft service person, you gotta be people. If you're the group, you have to like put a C stand up and make sure it doesn't fall on someone's head. Um, if you're the DP, you gotta make people look good. So everybody on a film set has a very important role, but sometimes everyone doesn't get treated equal and that's what I love about Jared and Jen, is that everyone's an equal in their eyes. And I think that's awesome. Thank you, that's a good question. Next question, over here. Am I right? Okay. Hi, Felicia. Hello.
2: Thank you. I have a question, and it is my duty as a guild master in World of Warcraft to ask this. Do you support legacy servers? Am I going to get in trouble if I
1: say one thing or the other
2: because
1: <laughs> Don't worry about it I mean I feel like I understand the two points I said I just understand the two sides of the coin you know you know uh, so I, I have to say I support the fans um, <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I said, we're a kind of situation here. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, I mean yes, okay, I'll say yes. It's fine. I mean I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know enough about it, but I think that the fans, if you here's the thing, your avatar is you. Like I feel so strongly about my character. Like I haven't logged on in a couple of years, but if something happened to it, I cry. So like that is a projection of me. So I understand why people would feel really, really strong about it, and so whatever you know doesn't let that sense of identity um, go away, I think is important. So don't so quote me on it. Okay, next question <laughs> 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 That's a really good question. Um, we didn't really play games because the actors had to remember their dialogue, so most often they had their dialogue taped up where the screen would be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. good for me, or was it bad for me?
0: And I feel like,
1: you know, I am the person I am because of the way I was raised, so I can't, and I don't look back on anything with regret anymore because I you know, I know it's cheesy, but I, I actually used to regret everything I did, and I realized that if you spend your time regretting things, you can't look forward and kind of reinvent what you want going forward. And also, if I did anything different, I wouldn't have my baby. I wouldn't have that specific baby. So everything I've ever done in my life is adding up to the right thing. Um, But you know, as far as school goes, I love the fact that I was free to sort of explore what I loved, and if I found something I loved, I would just do that. Um, I also love the fact that I grew up not thinking there were any differences between me and anybody else as far as like abilities in certain subjects that people sometimes discourage girls in. Um, and I didn't ever think that science fiction or math or computer science was nerdy in a sense, so sometimes when you get labeled as different, you might not do that because your peers say it's weird and then you stop doing it even though you really love it. Um, so I never had that kind of peer pressure and I really appreciate that, um, but I also want to expose her to as many things as possible because in school they can expose you to more things and you can figure out, you know, you might never stumble across um, geology, but that might be the thing that you love more than anything. Um, so, I would love to maybe, um, I think if you're in the right school, it's perfect. But if you are homeschooled, um, I think it's kind of a great opportunity to really specialize in the thing you love and find the thing you love, um, and read a lot. Like, I used to read 28 hours of, you know, like, like, two, three books a week, so. Uh, I guess I'm rambling, but I, <laughs> I'm glad I was homeschooled, because it made me weird, and I think weird is your superpower. So whatever makes you a woman, get I have a degree in biology. What would yes. you say um, as far as advice and encouragement on being role models in our fields and for girls interested in STEM? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think a lot of emphasis is placed upon girls, and I, uh, girls, um, I think it goes back to that comment I made earlier. I think it's really important, and I read this great article in the New York Times about how to make raise feminist boys. And it's a really great article, if you want to uh, look it up, because I think it applies to those genders. Um, because um, a lot of times, it's a lot of stereotypes that are put upon, you know, children, they don't know anything. If you said, ever, if we all started floating in space, my, my daughter would think, oh, people float. So you're all, you believe whatever is in front of you as a child, and you're, and you're literally forming their perception of life as they're growing up. And that's why it's so important, I think, what to expose them to and what thoughts and, and principles that you expose them to um, growing up because that could be things that they carry through in life and um, I think especially when you have uh, something in that article said that you know, as early as preschool girls and boys start getting separated by gender, you know, girls on the right and boys on the left and that simple act establishes in their minds that girls are, girls are different from boys. And I think it's unnecessary because that's why I love geek culture is because as men and women, we can come together and share a love of, you know, like, um, uh, you know, Far State or uh, Mr. Side Theater or, you know, Fallout, games, and we don't care that, that stuff, all that stuff that we've told, been told to perceive about with the way somebody else looks compared to us, it goes out, the, out, out of our head because we're loving something together. And that really is, I think, the key to fostering, um, you know, interest in anything. So I think you're just showing up and representing and going and, and advocating to girls and boys um, in, in almost an, uh, an agnostic way, I think it goes a long way because you are a woman who is interested in biology but talking to boys and girls about biology will, will show e- either sex that that is a, a thing they could do. Um, and I think that's why it's important in media to represent people of different races and, different, um, and uh, the opposite sex in, in traditional roles that we wanna break into. So that people won't think, oh, scientists on, on TV are all men or, um, you know, all women are marketing people. You know, you know, there's certain cliches you see on TV that don't need to be there. And just by being exposed to them as a possibility, you might interest somebody in that field. Um, so anyway, I could go on and off about this. But I feel really passionately about it because um, you shouldn't shame somebody. Um, you should encourage them. into it, And I think that's important. Woo! Thank you. question. Right sensei said, "Just put it on the right." Yeah, which right? Up here. Right here. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Where? Um, we well, are your right, right here on the right. Um, oh, my on the right, right. right or left? Um, your right? I'm on the left, I think. Ah. Okay. it. Okay, so my question actually has kind of a spoiler for season 12 of Supernatural, so if you haven't watched it, punch your ears. Um, but in the very last episode, they get into kind of like the parallel universes, and I know in another panel, Jared and Jensen had mentioned they would like to maybe bring characters back. So I'm wondering if we would be open to bringing Charlie back. To- I mean, yes, of oh! course. A- great and that's the kind of show I love to be on that you have a fan family um, but um, I would love to revisit Charlie I think you know um, whatever the writers need to do with the season I totally you know that's what they need to do I totally um, I'm bored with that and if they need to bring me back um, in a parallel universe because um, she's a badass and she has stories yet to be told uh, I would love to do that if they call me I'll be there man um, <laughs> And I can't see you. I'm so sorry. I'm going to my box. I, can't. I don't care if I'm or not. Stop it, Alicia. Next question. I can see you. Yeah, I just can't see it. Anyway, bye. Uh, hi, we have two questions. Okay. Uh, the first one is of course, you're a very impactful actress and writer, and you play a very important LGBTQ uh, character on a very famous show. Yes. Um, and you're, Alicia, have nonprofits. So if you could start a nonprofit, what would it be for? Oh, wow, that's a really good question. I, you know, I, I guess, uh, wow, it's really, I mean, I love animals, and I think it's really important um, to help animals because they can't really help self, themselves. But now that I'm a mom, I would love to, I would, love, I would actually love to start kind of like um, organizations that e- encourage girls to find their passions. And especially, I don't know, I guess I would just talk about like gender roles. Um, but I do think girls sometimes need encouragement in certain areas. Um, like STEM. Um, and it would be nice to be able to encourage that or just with geek culture. Um, uh, I would love to be able to encourage girls who weren't exposed to things like that um, to be able to, to be exposed to them. Um, so, especially like on the computer side. Um, entrepreneurial things like that, I think it's really important. So, and then maybe some animals. <laughs> animals. and entrepreneurship. Clearly I have not through you guys. I'm sweating more.
2: <laughs>
1: Next question. I see you. See, I see everything up to the back, okay? I it, it was like a trick of the eye that I couldn't see. I didn't know there were people back there. I thought it was just a sea of awesomeness. Okay. Hi, <laughs> Macro! Okay. Hi. Hi.
2: So, my question to you, since you're in Librarians, Supernatural, <coughs> Eureka,
1: is there any other sci-fi show you would like to get onto an episode of? Like Doctor <coughs> Who, Star Trek, Discovery, when it airs? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, first, well, Doctor Who is a British show, and I'm not British, so that's a long shot, guys. Let's just not even talk about it. Um, really whoa, you, guys- you guys all need to be my agent? What's going on? Oh, sure. There are a couple of shows that I really love. I love The name of Magicians, because I think it's a great show. <laughs> right. I love um, The Expanse. Actually, I think sci-fis do a lot better job lately, because I think they've got some really good shows on there. Uh, I would love... Um, to be on Crazy ex Girlfriend, which is not a genre, but it's really fun. Um, let me think, what else? I mean, I'd love like to be on Game of Thrones, but again, we're shows a show, so I'd just be a corpse. But... <laughs> I would love to be a corpse on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be nice. And the Star Trek Discovery, it's like, come on, that trailer looks bonkers. I need to be on that show. I, I'm not quite in unitard shape right now after my baby, but I could get there, guys. Oh, I could get there. <laughs> I've my daily cookie off, and my daily cupcake, and my daily, you know, trick glitches, and whatever. Okay, we've got one more, got okay, one more minute. We've got one more question. Do I have to stop? I could talk all day. Okay, hi. Uh, hi, hi. Uh, in the back on your right. Hi. Hi. Um, so, my question. um... I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I see you too. It's all a little bit of a Anyway, let's not talk about it. I'll blog that later. Okay, so. Dragon Age 2, I know that you had your own elf character in a DLC, and I wanted to know what that is even like. Like, how cool is it to get an elf character in
2: a game and just see yourself as an elf running around and... That's
1: amazing. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that was a really interesting process. So they approached
1: me to do a short film, and of course I wrote a six episode uh, part where I I, I, cr- I created Talos as a character because um, she was my dream character. She's a rogue, she's a happy, she's an elf. She has kind of a chip on her shoulder, and so that was always a dream for me um, to be able to play um, that kind of character. Um, and so they loved her, and I wrote this. Uh, I wrote the uh, the six episode web series on a very low budget, unfortunately, but I wrote that. Um, and at the same time, they were writing the DLC, and I had to go to Vancouver to do motion capture the E.E. Callis. So um, I didn't actually interact with any of the other actors. Um, and I did when they do when you do voice recording, you de- generally don't interact with the other actors on um, live. You just generally record your lines, and they put them together later. So I didn't actually interact with any of the other actors. But it was so amazing to be a part of a franchise that I admire so much. I up kind of writing on that. It's some of the best writing in video games, and um, and. And the whole process was really gratifying to be in something that was a web series and a DLC. I think, I think nobody's even done that since, um, taking a character from a web series and put them into a DLC, so. You know, I love video games, and I love being able to um, do artistic things in the world of video games, as well as enjoy them and play them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, do I have to stop? It says 140. I can do another one? Two minutes, oh, two minutes, okay, good. Hi, one more question. Two more? Hi, well, my question is about Supernatural. Um, yeah. Out of the whole supernatural house, who is your favorite person? <laughs> uh, Ow! Why would you ask me that? If I had four children, I'd be like, what's your favorite show? Child? Child? What's <laughs> that? <laughs> 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 Let me rephrase that. We only got to shot some chop. Um, it's really hard, man. I mean, honestly, I've had so many good conversations with Jensen about just life, and then Jared is so funny. Um, I've had so many jokes and like, laughed with him so much. And Nisha, um, I didn't get to interact with as much, so I guess he, you know, as a person, but I do love hanging out with him, um, you know, and we didn't get to act on the screen as much, but just uh, off camera. he, His passion and his gish wishes and the, the good thing he does, I'm going to figure out this charity thing, guys. I'm going to tweet this later because I, I would love to have a better answer than I answered. answer. But um, the fact that he really he set a bar of, Um, Charity and fun and artistry all together. I think it's brilliant and I love what he does. Um, And Mark Shepard's just fun to hang out with all because I I guess I'm not going to spoil anything. But anyway, he's amazing. I've known him for like 10 years um, from like conventions. So I love all of them and you cannot quote me any other way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess I have to ask one more question because we have 12 seconds. No? Did they cut him off? Okay. Well, anyway, thank you so much. Oh, wait, you're waving. Okay.
2: Hi, um, if you could write a second season for Dr. Horrible, how would you write Penny into it?
1: Okay, I could be a robot, I could be a zombie, I could be my twin, or I could be uh, a um, uh, shape-shifting demon. I just picked that one up. It's not a good one. That was a bad pitch. Anyway, thank you guys for coming.
0: If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just The Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.
2: Oh, yeah.